Welcome to the Hunting Dog Public, where we talk about everything hunting dogs and more. I'm your host, Cody Moreland, and let's drop that tailgate. Today's word, Psalm 34, 8. Test and see the Lord is good. Blessed is the one who takes refuge in him. Psalm 34, 8. Hey guys, today's episode is brought to you by Timber Creek Dog Supply, our go-to for everything hunting dog related. Timber Creek has been in the dog supply business for 20 years and supports multiple tree and running dog organizations. Check them out at TimberCreekSupply.com or on Facebook at Timber Creek Dog Supply. We would also like to take this time to thank Mr. Jeff Island with the Ground Floor Landscape Supply for his support in the Hunting Dog Public Podcast. Thank you, Mr. Jeff. Hey guys, I want to take a minute to talk about some hunt dates. We get asked a lot about where to find hunt date and if we could announce them. So I was going to announce a few hunt dates. The hunt dates I see are starting in September. I'm going to cover UMCA right quick. The UMCA hunt is September the 23rd and 24th. It is a Clifton Robinson benefit hunt. Mr. Clifton is a big part of the squirrel hunting community. He's been having some problems and he was in the hospital for a little bit. We appreciate him updating us on Facebook while he was in the hospital. But he is a major contributor. He hosts hunts. He goes to hunts. He's at any of them close. So they're having a benefit hunt from him. He is out. He should be there, I would assume. But it will be in Batesville, Mississippi, September 23rd and 24th. September the 23rd, the only hunt is that night. So it will be a coon hunt on September the 23rd. The squirrel hunt will be September 24th, that morning. I think drawouts at 6.30 a.m. You can find all the information on the UMCA Facebook group, or you can reach out to Bob Osborne or Terry Snyder. But it will be a one-round hunt, and there will be a live auction after the morning round. So when everybody gets back from their hunt, there will be a live auction. We was also told if anybody wants to give donations or donate money or uh, item that can be auctioned off, Reach out to Mr. Bob or Mr. Terry. And like I said, you can go to the UMCA Facebook group and all the information is there. I'd also like to touch on the NSD. There's a bunch of them. I'm going to run through them quick. I'm not going to tell a whole lot about them because, man, is there some hunts in September. September NSD Squirrel Series event. September 3rd, Michigan Division 3. September 10th, Alabama Division 4. Michigan Division 1, Pennsylvania Division 1. September 17th, Indiana Division 3. September 24th, Georgia Division 2, Michigan Division 1, Oklahoma Division 2, Pennsylvania Division 2. So there's a there's a hunt. I believe that's every weekend in September for NSD. If you live in them areas, go check them out. Check them out on the NSD app under the events tab. If you have not heard of the NSD uh, podcast, check it out after you get done listening to this one. It's some good information that you might want to know if you're new to it. So, 
that's the hunt dates we have. If y'all have hunt dates coming up or some special announcements y'all want us to hit, shoot us a message on Facebook to the Hunting Dog Public Podcast. Here we go. Y'all stay tuned. All right, guys. Welcome to the Hunting Dog Public Podcast. We have Mr. Andy Curley on the line. Mr. Andy, how are you? I'm doing well. How are you doing? Man, I'm doing great. So, Mr. Andy, tell us a little about yourself and where you're from. Well, my name's Andy Curley. Uh, I'm from Alexander City, Alabama. I live in Goodwater, Alabama now, and uh, I am a, a husband, a father, uh, a doctor, and a squirrel hunter. I guess you put them in that order. <laughs> <laughs> well, it sounds like you get your hands full. I I do at times. I got a four year old boy, and he's oh he, man, he's a handful. I got a three year old, and whoo, they funny, but but boy, they they. They can get to your nerves too. They do, but they keep you straight. They oh, keep for you busy. Sure. For sure. And, that, and it blows my mind at, at how honest they are. <laughs> you, yes, you better not, yeah. if you don't want to know the answer, you better not ask it. Yeah, if so, you don't want them to repeat something, you better not say it. That's the truth also. All right, yes. Mr. Andy. So before we get down this journey of dog hunting, where did you get your start in dogs? So... <laughs> I had, I've, I've squirrel hunted my whole life. That was like one of my biggest great memories is going squirrel hunting with my dad. Um, you know, he, he ran a business and so he had not a lot of time, spare time. And so when he'd take us squirrel hunting, I thought it was great. You know, and of course we were just still hunting and, uh, I went squirrel hunting one time when I was about four or five years old with my granddad and my uncles. And, uh, the only thing I remember from it is the dog running around scaring us. And we, me and my little cousin fell in a Creek and about <laughs> froze to death. So anyways, years later, I think this was about 2001 or two. I was over at my great uncle and great aunt's house. And, uh, I was always over there all the time. My cousin came in and this little dog came scooting through the living room. And I thought it was a little beagle, it was a little tricolored small dog. And her name was Kate. And I said, what do y'all got there? A little beagle pup? He said, no, that's a squirrel dog. Huh. And I said, really? He said, yeah, come on outside. And so we went in the backyard and he said, Kate, get in there and get me a squirrel. Well, and that little dog took off, blew in the woods. And I mean, within 30, 40 seconds, ow, ow, ow. Really? And, and I said, what in the world? I said, I got to have one of those. <laughs> at, at this time, how old are you, you think? Um, well, let's see. That was probably 2001 or two. So I'm, I'm 22, 23 years old okay. about that time. Yeah. yeah. I got you. So, so you was old enough to have your dog by that time. Yeah. I was old enough yep. to, to get something like that. And, uh, it took me a while to find one. And, uh, I ended up that dog that he had was out of a dog named Oakdale sport model. And it was a real famous vice down here. Everybody bred to it. And, but, I tried to find something and I ended up contacting my great uncle again. And he said he knew where Joel got that pup from. And so he called a man named Terry Reed and I become good friends with Terry, but we just went over there and he had a litter of pups and they were off of Kate's mom and a dog named John Henry. And I said, well, who's John Henry? He said, well, John Henry won the state hunt two years in Alabama. I said, well, goodness, I'll take one of those. <laughs> and, uh, so I picked up those little black pup with prick ears. Mm -hmm. I named her Jane. And if I'd have known what I was doing, she would have been a, 
a, a nice dog, but I, you know, would let her run loose and she'd tree. And I just thought it was great yeah. seeing her tree, tree a squirrel. And I probably ruined her. Now, how big were these dogs? They were probably, Jane was about 20 pounds and Kate was right around that little bit under probably 18 pounds. Okay. But, and I guess you know, so that if it was her, if it was, I guess they would be half sisters. Yeah, they were. Yep. And, uh, I kind of kept her in the house some and she was rotten. Uh, but <laughs> same with my dogs now they're, yep. they're all rotten, but I ended up wanting to see what a squirrel dog was like. And I got in contact with a man named Temple Coley here, local who owned John Henry. And, um, John was from, uh, Gerald Johnson out in arkansas and i think temple got that dog from norman island norman oh, well. jeff mm-hmm. and uh so he said yeah come on so i went hunting with the dog and i was spoiled you know from the get-go yeah here i'm at, here i am not knowing really what's going on and i'm <laughs> out there hunting with a two-time state champion yeah and uh he was a feist and i mean he was pretty well known around here he beat curs feist whatever uh, he was one of those get gone, get deep, get alone type dogs before, you know, that was five people. Yeah. yeah. Before five people were really breeding that kind of dog. And so that's how I really got started into squirrel dogs. Now your little jib you got at the beginning, how long did you hunt her before you went a different route? Uh, I hunted her, you know, a year or two and, uh, I knew well, and it was all pleasure hunting. Yeah, it was just pleasure hunting, and uh, I knew I wanted something that caliber like John Henry. Uh, and so I I looked and looked, and I went, and I would try out, a, you know, what I thought. And back then, you know, you dollars $3,500 dog, that was a lot of money for for me. Oh, yeah. And, uh, you know, I'd go pick them up. I'd bring them home. Temple would go with me, and we'd try the dog. And it looked real good by itself. And uh, I thought, well, man, I finally got one. I said, well, let's take it with John the next day. And so we'd take it with John and John would make it look like an idiot. And uh, so I said, <laughs> had well, a big measuring stick though. Yeah. And I, that's what I wanted though. And so I, I'd take it back. You know, it, I went through maybe two, three of those dogs and said, well, doggone it. I'm, I'm just going to try to find another puppy. Yeah. And, uh, try to find one out of good, good stock. And um, I remembered the sport dog and I was on squirrel dog central at the time. And I was looking around and I saw a dog advertised at stud named Jingo's britches. And he was directly off of the old sport dog. And, um, so I called the old man up. His name was Clay Jingo. And, uh, I started asking him about britches. And it turned out that Clay's brother used to be my granddaddy's barber. I mean, well, crazy small world it it is and uh so i i said well do you have any pups off of him and he said no but a guy uh that i know has just bred a female and his name was ross vining and i ended up becoming buddies with ross and uh, so i said well i'm gonna go check out those pups and and when i come up there can i stop by your house and see britches and he said yeah so i was going to go up to my uncle's in alabaster alabama and squirrel hunt on his place with that little jane dog yeah and um so i went and saw the pups and i went over to mr jingo's house and he's he said oh buddy i'm gonna i'm gonna come hunting with you and i said well it's pretty steep over there he said ah don't matter so he came (laughs) he came hunting with us he had a walking cane so i was a little worried about him and uh 
he took britches out there with us of course my dog just kind of running around she she would tree a real hot one yeah and uh, the wind just happened to be blowing i mean the trees were swaying back and forth there was nothing out nothing moving and uh, as soon as that wind quit britches just went to pop pop left right squirrel squirrel well and i saw i thought oh my god i said i wonder if this man sell his dog <laughs> and uh britches was nine years old at that time really and um so i called him up the next day and when i called him mr jingo didn't sound too good on the phone he he fell in the woods a couple times oh well and uh he was hurting and i said well would you be interested in selling that dog he said yeah i would said i'm not doing him any justice and he needs to be hunted and i said well when i get out of church i will be there don't sell him to anybody and so me and my brother jumped in the car and we went and got him and um, brought him home i called temple and i said i think i've got a dog and we went out and uh, cut them both loose it took him like just a second to get warmed up and it was tit for tat after that and we went hunting again he he uh, beat john by a squirrel we went hunting again it was tit for tat and temple said i think he got one and so that's how i got my first real dog and he was kind of like a once in a lifetime type dog to me no he taught me a lot was you still just pleasure hunting at the moment or did you get in the competition at this time i i got into competition hunting in 2007 is that with uh, britches or was that with a different with britches and uh i remember the first hunt i took him to was an atfa hunt in um up in north alabama and uh when i put his name in the in to be drawn out one of the guys he pulled on i said i thought that dog was dead uh and i said he's he's still alive and uh he ended up placing fourth in that hunt and uh i believe the next hunt that i put him in i put him in the alabama state hunt and he won it wow and uh i mean i was so you won the second hunt you hunted I believe that was it. I believe that was the second hunt that I that mm-hmm. I hunted him in. You got and, spoiled, uh, didn't you? Oh yeah, I was spoiled <laughs> quick. And uh, <laughs> he was not a um, a real hard hunting dog, but he had a, a heck of a nose on him. He would tree squirrels that you know dogs would run through an area, and he would tree three or four squirrels. Well, I was going to ask that. Uh, did he tree a lot by sight, or was he a, a nose a winding dog, or a? He was a winding. Uh, mostly nose type dog, real tight on the tree. And uh, he looked like a, a little walker dog, blanket back, red head, full tail. And uh, your much, buddy Justin guy gets on to me. He was probably 22, 23 pounds. Okay. What was um, Justin do? What does Justin do to uh, you? He, he, get, he gets on to me about my dogs having tails. He, <laughs> he, he gives me a little bit on the internet about that. So. Yeah. Uh, Justin's um, Justin's a big listener, so I'm sure he's going to get a kick out of that. <laughs> Justin, you you hurt folks' feelings on the internet. Oh you, man, you're going to have to be like like Bambi or Thumper, whatever his <laughs> name is. If you ain't got nothing nice to say, you don't say none at all. No, they there's a lot of guys they get on to me about not not cropping those tails, but that's a uh, in my opinion is one of those kind of things that looks good on a champ dog, may not yeah. look good on another one. Uh, well. I don't prefer one on my cur dog, but teach their own. I said it a million times on here. If everybody liked the same truck, everybody drive That's the right. same color truck and marry the same woman and everything else. So 
you know, I, I can get beat by one with a tail just as easy as I can one with a tail. Yep. But so you don't dock any tails. I don't know. Do I've had ever, dogs that have dock tails, but I don't dock them. Let me ask this question. Does, ha, did you ever breed the britches though? I bred him several times. Um, and I, I don't ever really breed much anyways, even now. Uh, no. I've never bred a lot. Uh, it's not something you just I don't really want enjoy. puppies or you, you don't, you just don't want to breed it's, your dog. I just, well, one thing, you know, if you just breed everything, you know, somebody just brings dogs that haven't been hunted and they're just trying to yep. breed to a dog that's got a name or a title. And then Waters it of course, they go out. Yeah, they go out and then the pups may not be any good. And guess who gets blamed is the stud oh, yeah. dog. For sure. Um, now I'm curious, and, uh, did, did he throw any duck, natural duck tail puppies or was they all? No, they were all full tails. All full tails. When, when he'd have, um, when he would when I did breed him and, uh, I'm always been curious about that because you see some have natural three Bob tails and mm-hmm. I don't know. I guess somebody on here could probably message me and tell me why, or you might can tell me why, but I don't, I don't know that there's a, a reason why. I've never had a natural Bob tail puppy. Uh, hmm. and I've bred sport line Williams, bud champ dogs, and I've never had a, a natural Bob tail, um, huh. but, all right, but you said that Britches wasn't a real hard hunter. Like he uh, he didn't burn the woods up, or he didn't get deep. He just, yeah, well, he would get deep. Uh, a lot of people told me that after I got him from from uh, Clay, that he was he was a lot better because I would let him go hunt. Uh, Mister uh, Jingo wouldn't let him get deep. He'd call him back. Yeah, that's tough just, on him, old man. I let him hunt. Yeah. Uh, I let him do what he wanted as far as going out and getting hunt, getting treed. Um, he was not, a, you know, one of these that just kicked dirt in your face. Yeah. But usually he'd be treated first. Well, you know, and, and to be honest with you, if I was an old man, I probably don't want to walk five or 600 yards to a tree neither. So I wouldn't either. I, I probably would when I get to where I'm that age, it would probably just be road hunting for me. <laughs> yeah, well, I agree completely. I think <laughs> that, that is the upside is, is you can go to doing that and you can get out and stumble to the tree close and shoot one out and have a big time yeah, we we do a lot of that anyways but i got a feeling when i get get a little bit of age on me that's what i'll probably do mostly while we're at that do you road hunt much you do do a lot of that or yeah we we road hunt a good bit um i got a good buddy kevin heath and he and i we road hunt pretty much until the leaves come off and i mean my thinking is you go out walking and the dog goes two or three hundred yards and gets treed well, this time of the year in Alabama, the squirrels are wild. They just, they're yeah. gone. Yeah. And so if you're road hunting, you you can get there a lot quicker. Let and, me ask uh, this question. Do you road hunt even the dogs you competition hunt? Oh, yeah. Yep. So you That's don't have right. a problem with them pulling to the to a foil or a ranger? Or y'all hunting no, out of trucks? Or what are y'all hunting yeah, out we, of? We hunt, I hunt out of my truck, Tacoma. And uh, hmm. they it doesn't affect them. It, that, it hasn't seemed to affect the ones that I've, that I've hunted. I got you. I just, I didn't know in my mind, I started messing with mine as a puppy doing that and he really liked it. But the problem I felt like I might run into one day is, is what if I'm hunting on some public land that gets deep and he hears that ranger and he goes to it. And next thing you know, I'm, <laughs> my dog's chasing somebody down the road. Yeah. I haven't really had that issue. Well, 
I hadn't yeah. thought of it, so thanks for putting that in my head. Well, you're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> you're what welcome. thing to worry about on a comp cast. Well, I, I don't know. That's just that went through my head because mine loved it. If I if I was on that thing, he'd be out in front of me, and I was thinking, you yeah. know what? Because he's a deeper hunter, and I don't want that to be a situation. So, <laughs> but you're welcome. So, <laughs> yeah. Let's let's talk about britches. Britches, you got him at around nine. You said he was. I got him when he was nine years old. Um, and he lived till he was, he was 10 when he won the state hunt. Oh, and wow. I hunted him in competition hunts that whole year. I championed him out in UKC. Um, he won the Alabama state hunt. He placed in, uh, some ATFA hunts. And, uh, of course the next year I could tell he slowed down a lot. Uh, but he lived to be 15 and a half years old. You kept him till and he died or I kept him till he died. And I was actually in school, uh, to become a chiropractor. Um, when he passed away and you talk about, uh, ripping your heart out. I, I cried like a baby for a good while wow. about it. And I wouldn't, the day he died, it was at the middle of the night raining and I drove him all the way back to Alabama and buried him at my parents' house so he could be buried here in Alabama. Yeah. That's, uh, uh that's a tough situation. These dogs become a lot of our family. You spend so much time in the woods with them. Yep. And I actually let him stay in the house with me a good bit so, wow uh, just old house though yeah you get you get attached to him quick oh for sure might as well be a kid but yeah so when how many years did you hunt britches before you got another dog let's go that route at what age do you think britches was you like 11 he starts slowing down you you found you something well, younger so what i actually did when i bought britches i got him um I believe it was in February of 2007. And, um, I knew, I knew, you know, the writing on the wall dogs old, he's not going to live yep. forever. And I said, well, does he have any brothers? And a couple of those guys told me where one of his brothers was. And, uh, so I located a dog named dusty and I went and bought him and, uh, he was, he was a pretty nice dog. And, uh, I had a young boy, his dad worked for, work for our family and and he got the itch to going with me and so uh, i started letting nick handle dusty at these hunts so me and nick would show up these hunts i'd have britches and he'd handle dusty uh -huh. and uh pretty much it was kind of weird uh, dusty had the same birthday as nick and he would hunt for nick he wouldn't hunt for me <laughs> wow really uh he hunted a lot better for nick than he would for me but he just kind of bonded with him what about um, what, what, how how comparable were the dogs? Uh, you know, at certain times, Dusty could could hang with Britches, but he just wasn't that that caliber dog. But As he was a real. Would you say he was a? Yeah, he was a real nice dog, but he had some. Uh, you know, he was a little little weird sometimes. You know, you get talk about feist dogs sometimes, and uh, yeah. people say they got quirks, and well, he had some quirks, um, but they weren't. Uh, things I, I guess i could live with them was dusty um, a younger dog at the time or he, yes he was a lot younger he was uh riches was 10 and dusty was about three three or four years old okay uh so y'all started hunting them together and yep, we would would y'all pleasure was y'all pleasure hunting these dogs too or was y'all just we competition? Were, yeah we were pleasure hunting that's mostly what i do is pleasure hunt and okay. i just go to some hunts um but me and nick we would go to these UKC and ATFA hunts and, um, 
and of course he championed Dusty out, and he was super proud of him. Yeah. And uh, so I, I actually kept Dusty until he got about 10, 11 years old, and I let the gentleman, Ross Vining, I asked him if he wanted to hunt him, you know, because he wouldn't road hunt. And uh, when I bought Britches and Dusty, I did not road hunt. And so I didn't really, you know, push a dog or try to train a dog to oh. do that. Um, and so I let Ross have him. He ended up getting out of the pen and got hit by a car. Uh, but they, well, were, they were good dogs. It was a good start. Um, but there wasn't really a lot of stuff that I could line breed and, and try to keep that that blood um, yeah. hey guys we would like to take this time to thank precision aluminum fabrications for their support in sponsoring the hunting dog public podcast they specialize in custom aluminum welding from custom dog boxes aluminum water tanks and aluminum toolboxes which are all built to the customer's request they guarantee the best price on the market while maintaining a top quality product. Precision Aluminum Fabrication is located in Amit, Louisiana, and you can contact them through their Facebook page at Precision Aluminum Fabrication or on their website at www.precisiondogbox.com. So if you are in need of a product or a service, please check them out. Now, at the time, was y'all pleasure hunting a lot or oh yeah we we're uh we're squirrel killers <laughs> <laughs> now that's your area you're in are y'all squirrel thick or i would say maybe medium uh it's it's not thick like if you go down south georgia down in the delta that kind of stuff where they just yeah. sometimes it seems like they're hanging off every tree uh but a dog has to work um for a squirrel around here yeah it's um, tough to get a limit but you can get a limit yeah now last several years here we've pretty much just gone traveling to try to find squirrels it was, we had a, a bad storm that came through and it um destroyed the acorn crop and knocked trees down and uh kind of took its toll on our woods but uh, they hadn't recovered just just yet we'll know more about a month or so how it's going to be yeah now are you hunting public land or private uh, public we we hunt public y'all got most, like y'all have big timber big big yeah, blocks I, I live about five minutes from a management area oh wow here, so. okay yeah uh, we just moved out there a couple of years ago so so you let's let, where, where we go from dusty what what happens so next? so britches got older mm-hmm. and i started you know looking around for something else to kind of replace him and um the thing with britches if we just pleasure hunted around here everything was fine but you travel off haul them in a box and he didn't know if he'd you know feel good and stuff like that and uh, yeah. i took him out to a hunt in arkansas and i drew out with danny williams and, um he had a dog named capers and it was hot mosquitoes everywhere and uh britches just couldn't handle the heat he was he'd go off and tree a time or two but he did not look like you know the dog that he was and you yeah. know danny danny said he's just getting old andy uh and danny had hunted with him you know when he was in his prime uh with him and uh, williams bud and uh had a real good hunt and so he knew the dog and uh, i said well i gotta get something else and uh so i asked around asked around and uh, uh through contacts uh mike croucher who started the atomic line 
Yep. He said he knew where a dog was that was a litter mate to Danny Williams uh, Caper's dog, and her name was Roxy. And so uh, I went and got the dog, and she was real nice. She was a very nice dog. Um, I believe the first hunt I put her in was a hunt in Alabama, ATFA hunt, and there were, I believe, 46 dogs, and she won it. Wow. And uh, The first hunt you put her in. Uh, yeah, she was – well, I take that back. She – I think she placed eighth in the at, down at Dexter, Georgia, and then maybe she won the the hunt at Brent. Now, um, how old a dog was Roxy when you got her? Was she a young dog? I think she dog? was she was five or six years old when I got her. Uh, and you put her in squirrel, she was like a buzzsaw. And if you didn't, you know, she uh, had been hunting with dogs, and she might you know run in and back. And uh, you know, if she couldn't find her own, she was going to get a piece of yours. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, I didn't really care for that, but yeah. you, sometimes you didn't know she might be beating around on something cold. If you called her tree, you might pull off of it and, you know, run yeah. to the hot squirrel. Uh, so that was a little aggravating at times, but she didn't do that too often. Uh, but she placed in a good many hunts uh, in American Tree and Fice Association. And uh, that's how I really got my start in as far as comp hunting was that was ATFA. Uh, I've since evolved into nsd and uh i just like it a lot more yes sir there's actual rules and no gray areas and there is it's in black and white it's no everything it's no speculative or or interpretation you know it's it's there yep exactly and for the guys that want to hear stuff about the nsd we have a podcast so go check it out after this one (laughs) (laughs) so um now how long did you hunt roxy you got her at five or six years old did you hunt her a couple of years one year two years I, I hunted her a couple seasons and um i had for for a while looking on squirrel dog central i had seen these dogs called champ dogs and uh jeff oxford tony keller uh brent wood and i'd seen the the pictures on on squirrel dog central and i thought man those are some good looking dogs you yeah. uh they look like they are built for speed and uh you know they were winning a lot pedro won the jeff oxford's pedro dog won the world hunt uh you yeah. tony keller's dog champ jr won the arkansas state hunt a couple times and uh, brent wood had a dog named missy uh that won the arkansas state hunt but they won everything out there you know uh, the uh her guys out there i think they called them the um arkansas greyhounds or something like that <laughs> uh but uh they they could put on a clinic uh that most feist you know could not compete against the bigger dogs and those dogs yeah. could um but roxy uh i'd been when i saw those dogs on squirrel dog central i started hitting hitting up jeff oxford tony keller they gave me james quick's number and uh there's a guy out there that trains a lot of those dogs champ dogs named bill douglas okay and uh i'd call bill and nobody would have anything and finally one day jeff oxford uh called me and offered me to to sell me a dog named tinny and uh tinny was directly off of quick's champ and a daughter of quick's champ she was a three-quarter bred champ dog um and uh her mother was named quick's amy and she Neither one of those dogs had ever been in a hunt, Champ or Amy. Um, but I called around and I asked some guys, and they said, yeah, she's the real deal. She's nice. And so I 
bought her off of everybody's word. And uh, now, what's the dog's name that you just bought? Amy. Teeny is the one that I bought. Penny. Her mama's yeah. T e yeah T e n n i e. Kind of like Penny. Tinny. Kind of like kind of like Penny, but Tinny. I've got you like uh, ten. With yep. A, okay. With an e. Yep. So. Uh, and now, now before about, we go there, what, what area was these champs dogs originated at in this country? So you pretty much just say out in Arkansas, out in Arkansas, uh, like, is it yep. in the hills or? Yeah. They hunt in the mountains and, uh, it's pretty hilly country out there where they hunt. Okay. Um, and James quick had the dog quicks champ and, uh, he, he kind of started these dogs breeding them, people breeding two champ and, uh, you you might pull up in somebody's yard out there around James, and there'd be a, a black dog out in somebody's pen, and that's where it's off of. It'd be off champ. Well, it'd be a good squirrel dog. So that uh, out there in Arkansas is bunches of champs dogs. Yep, you could find a bunch of them at okay. one time. Uh, All right, so you went and got old Tenny. I got Tenny and uh, a guy named Kevin Harrell, uh, a friend of mine. He he brought Tenny to me at LBL at an ATFA hunt. And uh, the way I came about getting that dog, that entire season I hunted with, first season I hunted with Roxy um, was kind of short, but I hunted her the entire following season. I believe that was 2009 and uh, 2009, 2010 hunting season. And I drew out with several champ dogs. Yeah. And they were all very nice squirrel dogs and i ended up hunting at a hunt in lbl and uh, i had a dog named rock that dog named roxy and danny williams had a dog named williams buck and he won all kinds of stuff he was a grand squirrel champion atfa dog of the year and uh we drew out with kevin harrell and a dog named radar and radar was off of champ jr and amy which was the same mama as teeny and uh you know our dogs were smelling of the ground and the radar dog had come in with his head up and just locked down and start treeing. I'm like, what the heck's this dog doing? You know, and <laughs> he, Kevin Harrell said, and he's winding it. And I said, okay. And, uh, sure enough, the wind would be blowing right at him and there'd be a hole in the tree where it was blowing wind down. And at that time, LBL was pretty rough. They didn't yep. have any squirrels. They had ice storms and it had really killed off the acorn crop and the squirrels. And, uh, so we got to one tree and Buck and Roxy just smelling all over the ground and radar came in and just wham, treed. And uh, this is unbelievable. And <laughs> Danny Williams said, come over here, Andy. I got the squirrel. And I walked around and there was a kind of a slit in a limb and a squirrel just laying up there in that, in that slit. And was, radar never saw the squirrel. But yeah. that wind was blowing right, right by that, right down exactly where radar was treeing. And I said, I got to get one of them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's, that's and, wild. Uh, there. So, so the next year, that's when I got Tinny and, uh, and she was everything. She was as advertised. Uh, she was a heck of a dog and probably still one of the two or three best females I've hunted with. Now, are you a female man or are you a male? That's, man? that's what I like as a female, but if I can get a good male, I, I like that a lot better, but it's hard to find that, that yeah. special male, you know, in my opinion, you can find a lot more uh, good females yeah. than males. But when you do find the good male, he's kind of dominant. Uh, and I've only got one 
male in my pen, in my pens, and that's my dog named Gator. Got Gator. Yep. I'm gonna write Gator down. We're gonna talk about Gator here in a little bit. So okay. I want I want to keep on with Tinny. So you bought Tinny. She was mm-hmm. as advertised. She was. How and big a dog what, was Tinny? She was probably twenty four. 25 pounds and she was 17 inches on the dot she was all all leg you know long tail uh they had actually she had a long tail and i think oxford and them uh cropped it off i i remember sending a picture to bill and he said what did they do to her tail (laughs) he he wants a dog with a full (laughs) tail on it i said i guess they cropped it off and uh he said oh i can't believe they did that it ruined her (laughs) it ruined her yeah they yeah, she, uh, they lose all the balance when her tail comes off. I guess takes some champ power out. <laughs> takes that champ power out. Got to light that candle somehow, huh? <laughs> all right. So I guess I'm gonna keep asking. How old was Tinny when you got her? I believe she was five. She was when five. I got her, and when I got her in shape, I never lost a cast with her. Wow. So so I'm seeing a I'm seeing a repetition of you don't buy young dogs as in i think the youngest one i've got so far besides the first puppy was a three-year-old named Dustin. yeah at that at that time i did not you and didn't I, mess with I, young dogs anymore. i didn't really really didn't have time i didn't want to fool with it and uh, uh i just wanted to be able to take a dog and go hunt instead of you know have headaches and lose yeah. all my hair which has already happened now so. <laughs> <laughs> all right so tenny she, once you got her in shape, she never lost a cast. I never, best I can recall, I never lost a cast with her. Now, um, now how many dogs are are at the you know, average at one of these feist hunts, or or was y'all averaging? I guess rather. Well, at that time, you know, the ATFA was probably getting close to about thirty dogs a hunt, wow. uh, depending on you know where you were going. But at that time, that was it for feist dogs. Really, that's the only platform they had to. That's pretty good. You know, to hunt on. I mean, thirty uh, dogs that about ever hunts. I mean, that's that's not bad. It was pretty good back then. Danny Williams was president, uh, and they had it rolling. That's awesome. All right. So, how long did you keep Tinny? I kept her um, till she died. I had well, I take that back. I I let a friend have her to breed to his male dog, and um, when she had those pups. She had two pups. She was, I think, 10 or 11 years old. Uh, I think she was 11. And shortly after that, she passed away. You know, she raised the pups. I don't know if she got some kind of infection or what, but he said he went out to feed her and she was just laying in the pen dead. I'm kind of glad I didn't have her because uh, she was about like that. I got attached to her because I kept her in the house. and yeah. uh, She'd ride in a cab with me everywhere. and uh, She was a special dog. Now, did you ever keep a puppy off of her or get a puppy back from her? I had kept a couple. I trained several off of her. You know, okay. uh, Did any of them they, make them to the caliber dog that you wanted to keep? Or did you move on because uh, that I is kinda, personally what you kind of moved on, but uh, I, I liked them a lot. Uh, at yeah. that time, um, you know, I'd gotten into school, and I really didn't have time to go to competition hunts. I might go to one down at Dexter, Georgia, yeah. because that was what was closest to me. Um, and so I didn't didn't go to a lot, and I did a lot of road hunting. That's where I actually started road hunting was with Tinny. 
and because they told me she'll road hunt and i was like well what's that and they <laughs> and they said well you just you put her out in front of the truck and you just follow her and when i first time i ever did that i said oh this is it <laughs> yeah oh said, you yeah. can't beat this it, it's nice i enjoy it yeah. i really do uh, now what's a, what's the time frame around that right there when you started i guess school and uh, 2000 january 2011 is when i started i went back to school okay so you had tenny around 2011 mm-hmm. yep and i bred her to a dog named mcelroy smoke and uh he was a litter mate to the radar dog that i mentioned and okay. so it was a tight tight cross and i called bill and james and asked them about it and said well that would that be too tight they said no i said these dogs got so much in their background it will not it's not going to affect them like yep. it would you know some regular you know kind of prick eared fight i guess that uh you know they might get a lot of quirks or something uh, yep. if you bred them too tight but uh i made that cross and every dog but one made a nice squirrel dog uh, really and of course i was just road hunting and um, I trained three of those dogs. Did you all, did you ever competition any of them pups? I I did not. Uh, one of them would have made a nice uh, competition dog, in my opinion. She was he was reminds me a lot of our Juice, the dog I've got now, and, and him kind of a lot similar. They looked alike, treat alike, and uh, kind of had a lot of the same characteristics. Yeah. I got you, but you ended up selling them or giving them away. Yes, or... I sold. Uh, I sold one to some guys out in Arkansas, and I was in school, and I thought, oh man, that's a lot of money. Yeah, <laughs> you know, broke uh, kid back in college. Well, I wasn't a kid, but you know, it was kind of the mentality. I man, I got some money, I and um, and then I sold another one um, that I had named Kid to some guys here in Alexander City local uh i've sold several dogs to people here local and uh you know in my mind i'm thinking yeah they're local i've still got access to breed to them you know if i ever wanted to yeah um and so um i sold some to some guys here local and um never did get a chance to breed back to kid i was going to and i called the guy and he had passed away so dang that kind of shot that but i jumped on another dog here just recently that uh friend of mine here local has and that's where i got a litter of pups out of him now so now what, what? do you have a bunch of champ dogs around your area now that you've had and i guess been breeding them uh we've got some uh i wouldn't say a lot just because i don't breed them a lot i might breed i might have a litter every two years yeah you know i just don't breed a lot i'd rather hunt my females than than breed them and and try to raise pups how um, many dogs do you try to keep generally? Well, right now I've got Gator. Of course, he's 13. He's he's kind of fading away last year, yeah. so he's going, going down quick. And I've got Ellie, who I just bred, and she's eight. And then I've got a dog named Juice and a dog named Diamond that are both four years old. Um, and I'll keep a pup out of, out of Ellie. Um, but I also just recently picked up another one that's a litter mate to juice to to try out and see see what we can do with her now do you hunt all these dogs in competition or well, obviously the old dogs you don't 
let me go this route. Do you still pleasure hunt the older dogs? I pleasure hunted Gator. I did not hunt him last year, but the two years previous to that, yes, I did. I would take him out. We'd hunt him, and um, usually I'd hunt him in the middle of the day when nothing was moving because he would. Gator is the best dog that I've ever owned. He's best dog I've ever followed in the woods. He just does stuff that is amazing to me. Uh, and uh, I never did get to competition hunting much. I was in school, so I didn't have the opportunity. But, um, you know, I killed a ton of squirrels to that dog. So uh, about how old was he when you got him? I actually got him from uh, a man that I met through squirrel dogs. Um, I had bought a dog named Spud, uh, Little River Spud, uh, as a stud dog. And Mr. Willard Crumpton from Ringgold, Louisiana, I guess got my name from somebody and he called and he had bought Brent Woods dog. I, he didn't get it from Brent, but he got Woods Missy and he wanted to breed that dog to Spud. And this is how I met Willard, um, was through that, that first phone conversation. And, uh, he tried to breed and he, the, it, the cross didn't take and he ended up buying Spud from me. When I went back to school, I sold Roxy, Spud, and some other stuff that I had uh, just because I wasn't going to be able to take it with me. Yeah. Um, but, well, what you say Gator's the best dog you've, seen, you've ever seen in the woods. Like, what does he do different than, say, Juice? I mean, it, it'd be a tough statement with you, with you having Juice there. It's, it's one of those things you'd have to see it. I, I've... I have taken him uh, pleasure hunting with people, and uh, my little dog named Ellie um, is a great squirrel dog. Um, I've had her competition hunt. She's kind of been my my snake bit dog. Uh, she's lost more in the in the final seconds of hunts yep. than any dog I've ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> and a lot of it's my poor handling skills that that did it. Uh, but uh, she's she's super nice. She's my favorite dog of all time is Ellie. Uh, and she's not the best that I've ever had, but she's my favorite. Um, but you know, Gator was beating her brains out um, until he got to be 11 years old. And, uh, you take him out for two hours and he'd make her look silly. And she would make juice look silly. Really? Yes. And when, when juice won the, um, junior world feist hunt, yeah. Kevin and I went hunting with a guy over in Georgia and we cut Ellie and Juice loose. And I think Ellie had nine or ten squirrels and Juice had two. And she was making her head spin. As soon as you cut them loose, bam, she'd be treed and Juice didn't know what happened. Well, you think that come um, with uh experience? How old was Ellie? Ellie was uh let's see, that was two years ago. So she was six. Yeah, so she had quite a few years on. on she juice. did, and but I hadn't wasn't really buckled down on her. Uh, when when Ellie was two to four years old, it, she was kind of a nightmare in, on squirrels. Uh, even at a if you if you went out with her squirrel hunting, I'd put my money on her. Really? Do do you you didn't competition hunt much back in? At Not a lot. Uh, I was taking her. I took Ellie to ATFA hunts. Um, and I, that was right about the time when I started to get out of school and I got freed up and I took her and she was in the running for dog of the year. 
came in heat it kind of messed up her season but uh yeah yeah i mean she was she won um she won one of the hunts that year placed second my other dog cindy placed first in that hunt so i had one that placed first nearly placed second and uh the cindy dog that i just mentioned was off of gator uh really now are the is gator ellie and cindy both all are all three of them champs dogs yes they were all all champ dogs do you, do you hunt anything besides a champ dog i i don't uh i've told several people if i if i couldn't hunt this line of feist i would go get me a uh, some kind of tree and cur that was kind of bred like them yeah. you know well well let me ask this question what, what does a champ feist do in your opinion different than a, a mountain feist a mullins feist a, a general feist well a lot of it is uh, stamina nose uh the ability to tree when nothing else trees or hunts so that midday round yeah is is when they will you know be able to go get hooked and get treed now are y'all finding squirrels at lunch uh yeah we will now there'll be those tough days when you know trees are bent over from the wind or it's raining uh and you know they'll go get treed and there'll be a den tree or something you might you know get lucky and shake one out but they are going to go get hunting going to go hunt and they will get treed so so and I know this term gets a bad rap, but are they looking to get hooked? Are they looking to get on wood, or is it going to have to be a squirrel there too? I think they're, you know, more honest. They're not like yeah. a wood monster. Yeah, you know, uh, that's not that's not what they're out there trying to do. But they will, you know, find some kind of old scent. Yeah. And you're going to, when you get to the tree, there's going to be a den or, you know, a nest or something close by that they're 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 trying to tree a squirrel yeah they're just gambling a little bit yeah exactly i got you well you need that if you comp hunting exactly you got to have it um you got to have that and uh you know if you're going to compete with the the big dogs the hounds and the curs and tree and curs your feist has got to be able to, to hunt in bad conditions and that's really where the feist uh feist dogs in general kind of don't have good success um, yeah is is in those type of conditions especially that midday round we're fishing to get into the uh i guess the more competition side of it as far as so at this moment have we went through the progression of dogs and right now you're kind of hunting juice obviously yeah and is there any other dogs that's in your kennels or you've had that you want to hit on well i had a dog named cindy and um that was out of gator she was out of Gator and Woods Missy. Um, so she was t- champ bred top and bottom. And she was a very nice squirrel dog. If you, if you put her in squirrels, she was a buzzsaw. And if you didn't, she would uh, walk you to death. Cause she'd yeah. get, get kind of deep. Uh, she was a little, little bit wild. And uh, that's the reason I got her was the Bill Douglas was trying to train her. And he said, she's going to tear my truck up, you know, because she was running 20, 25 miles an hour down the road. And, wow. Uh, that's a funny story with that. Back when Squirrel Dog Central was big and uh, somebody brought up road hunting and uh, they were talking about the speed their dog hunts. I said, well, I got one that'll run 20 miles an hour all day. And uh, I don't know if you know who Philip Todd is. 
uh, he owns Big Play Ray, and uh, he kind of made the comment, well, my dog only runs at 12 miles an hour and, and uh, said, I'd like to see one that could run, you know, X amount of miles an hour for three miles and uh, kind of made a, a bet gesture at me. And yeah. I, I, I ain't gambling about something like that. And one of the boys <laughs> I'd hunted with in Arkansas said, man, you need to call that boy up and take his money. Because <laughs> uh, he knew what she'd do. He called her crazy. Yeah. You know, she just was just wide open. And she was that way and pretty much till the day she died. Um, and I mean, she, she could just run, 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 never stop. Now, did you notice with her being running that much or, or I guess going that hard, did she have problems with hips or anything later in life? No, she never seemed to ever have any health problems. Uh, and she was just pretty much the same. And I actually, one of the kind of a horrible memory I backed up over her. Uh, my Garmin said she was, 80 yards away and I behind me and I just kind of backed up a little bit and I felt something oh. bump and yeah, it was her. And I, I still have nightmare about that every now and then. Did you, did, uh, did, is that how she died? That's how she died. That was a couple of years ago. Tough. Uh, that's tough. Yes, very much. I ran over my dog and broke his back leg. I thought I killed him. It's a, that's a tough situation. You get so much time and money invested in these animals and yep. and then i guess not only that the the i guess the relationship you build with them you walk that many yeah. miles or in the woods behind the animal you know yeah it's I mean tough. a lot to you and and especially if it's my fault yeah uh uh yeah i just about couldn't handle it it was yeah. bad i but got she, you cindy was a atfa grand squirrel champion um she was just a very nice dog Dang, that's tough. That's a tough situation. I feel for you on that one. So very much. All right. I want to ask one question. When when you say y'all pleasure hunt a lot, y'all turn one dog at a time. Y'all turn multiple dogs. Well, for road hunting, for road hunting, it's one at a time. Why? Uh, we don't you want just... more than. I don't want more than one dog out, and it's one for safety reasons. Okay. Uh, if you've got two dogs running. 15 to 20 miles an hour and zigzagging in and out of the woods. You, yeah. You, you can't better, keep up with both of them. No. And so we road hunt one at a time. Uh, a lot of times when me and Kevin go, do go, uh, when we go walk hunting, we will turn one loose at a time. You know, we want to focus on that one dog and, and making sure they're doing everything right. And then when we do cut two or, or more dogs loose, it's kind of controlled. You know, we want to make sure it's, Dogs get leashed. Everybody's not whooping and hollering and screaming and raising cane in the woods and going to mess up the yeah. dogs. We don't want them to start pulling and uh, just coming into trees because there's guns going off. What What about do y'all shoot every one of your dog trees right? Or do, I, I'm up to the limit, up to the state yeah. limit. But yeah, I'm... we we will. Uh, you know, if our dogs if our dogs are treeing it, you know, we're shooting it. Uh, like it does it. not seem it does not seem to bother uh, these dogs at all. I like it. I like to shoot too. Hey guys, Bob Osborne with Timber Creek Dog Supply is a one-stop shop for dog supplies and hunting gear. He carries everything from coon lights and squalors to hip boots and tracking gear. So if you are in need for some new outerwear, a new thermal, or just a leading collar. Check out Timber Creek at timbercreeksupply.com or by phone at 
662-230-7410. And if you are ever in the Oxford, Mississippi area, go check out Bob's store. So, uh, well, that's, uh, is there anything that y'all do pleasure hunting that might be different than most people? Or is it just as, besides that y'all road hunt and then when y'all walk hunt, y'all just kind of focus on tuning? Yeah. I mean, we, I'm, I'm, I have always been kind of intense when I am, you know, gun hunting. Yeah. Uh, I move through the woods quick. I get to the tree and I want, I want squirrel killed and I want to go quick as can to the next one. That is a hundred percent the way I am. And I, it just, I'll sit there and put a timer on there and it eats me up to sit in there for five minutes. I'm like, man, yeah. I could go on and be having another one tree by now. But yeah. I understand why people do it. I just, it's not my style. I, I move like you talking about. I, I'm to the tree and don't mean to. It's just, it's not like I'm trying to walk fast. It's, most people's like, man, you got to slow down. So, yeah. I've heard that quite a few times. Quit running. I was like, I ain't running. You don't want me to be running. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You get something uh, on your mind, you headed that direction. Yeah. So and, uh, just how I've always been with sports and it just carried on over into, into the squirrel dog stuff. So what about, uh, have you noticed any sort of change since y'all have got more, uh, I guess, over the feist hunting over the years? Is there anything changed really as far as rules or maybe style of hunt? Well, when I first started um, going to the really just hunts in general, people tended to, the dogs did not seem to get off and go. You know, they would hunt around you. Yeah. And it's more having to walk. And that's when I was hunting with curs at UKC hunts and everything. You know, they'd cut them loose and people would start walking. And now that's not, you know, you cut them loose and you stand there until they get treed. Um, yeah. But I think the dogs are better now than they were when I first started hunting. Uh, just the dogs that I saw um, at all the hunts, uh, let's say there are a lot more better dogs now than there were back then. Yeah. The standouts might, might can be equal, but consistency wise is there's a lot more there's a lot better dogs consistently yeah a lot better dogs consistently and i think even some of the dogs that you know were winning the feist hunts back then would struggle in these these hunts now wow. just because of the style style of dog that people are breeding for now and uh now do y'all have any different rules i, I don't know have you well, I guess you're hunting USDC and, and NSD. I, th I think the NSD rules are pretty similar for feist and cur, is it? Yes, it's we're following. In NSD, the feist hunts, it's the same rules as, you know, the open series. Okay, so um, so was the other series that you was hunting, was they the same style rules or has anything changed? No, it's it's totally, totally different. Uh, you know, when, when I hunted ATFA, you could you could waive the two minute rule and you know, you dogs didn't have to stay treed and it was, it's a lot different. Let's just put it that way. Okay. Um, you know, this, when we, when the NFBA was formed, I think it took feist dogs to a different level. Uh, and, um, you know, guys started to breed for that. 
and uh, you know, had dogs like Diesel come along. Yeah. And Diesel, um, great dog. He has the as far as his last, you know, I guess three or four years, he's probably uh he set the standard for feist dogs. He set the standard for a lot of dogs. You know, I mean, he, he kind of broke the glass ceiling into the open hunts with yeah. with a feist dog and competing. And people saw, hey, you know, feist dog can compete yeah. uh, with these bigger dogs. And, uh, you know, it's just a totally different type of dog, in my opinion, um, now than, than what, what I was seeing back then. Yeah, you you don't have to walk hunt them. Did y'all used to have a uh, non-hunting? You said you had to walk a lot, you know, it I didn't know if that's because they were standing around by your feet, and I didn't know if if they were. Did y'all have yeah. any sort of non-hunting timer? There, when I when I hunted an ATFA, that there was no no hunting timer. You know, people just kind of strolled along through the woods, and you know, might. So if your dog just sat under your feet, they wasn't putting a timer on it. No, no. Uh, okay. And you know, people just kind of well, let's move them. Yeah. And so people would walk. Yeah, that that's not really the style for NSD. No, it's not. Uh, yeah. it's, and it's become really not the style for most of the hunts you've gone that you go to now. Yeah, um, the bigger hunts they We're, want your dogs to go hunting. This is obviously going to go on on all the hunting dog groups, but for the guys that's unfamiliar with NSD rules in the feist world, uh. NSD has a Facebook app. I'm I'm sorry. They do have a Facebook group, but they have a app that you can click on mm-hmm. that you can get for Android or an iPhone, and there are all the rules yes. on the app. So if you're unfamiliar with the rules and you want to hit up <laughs> some of these NSD feist hunts, uh, I would know the rules when I got there. Yes. Yeah. Need to. Um, you know, definitely. You know, get a rule book go through it, read through them, uh, because there's the basic rules, you know, you know, you treat your dog, dog's got to stay there. All that stuff that most, you know, competition hunters are going to be used to, but there's the, you know, like uh, the the stationary rules and stuff like that. No hunt rule. Yeah. All that stuff. People need to, you know, know that before they do come to hunt. Now, now, and the only reason I'm going to ask is because you said it, but that, the stationary rule, uh, a lot of pe- people that don't realize this is it's when your dog starts barking mm-hmm. and you have, they put a three minute clock on you. Yeah. Your dog has a hush for 30 seconds and the time restarts. But if your dog does not stay quiet for 30 seconds at the end of the three minutes, you have to treat your dog or it's a minus. Yes. So right. my question for that after I've told the guys that don't know that what that is, do these dogs open on the ground much? Uh, oh, you're going to see some of them do, some of them don't. My dogs tend to, they tend to open some. Uh, Juice does not, but a dog like uh, Juice's mother, Nanny, would open up a good bit uh, before she would tree. And so it just depends on, you know, the dogs and you've got to, understand how to handle that you know yeah if, if i know my dog i know when they're actually treeing so i don't get uh rushed into treeing them and getting minus 
yeah uh, you know or waiting too long well it, it really don't matter as long as they do 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 one of the other quick yep so i mean three minutes is a long time it don't it it, it seems like forever if you're waiting to go to your dog or, it or is, two yeah. minutes two <laughs> minutes rather but anyways all right so is there any rules or anything else that you think we might need to touch on for the guys that might have hunted in in one of the other organizations if they decide to come to the NSD? Well, if you're at, um, uh, there's kind of misconception with NKC, this 30-step rule, you know, where you don't get 30 steps to wander around while it's tree, and that's not going to happen in NSD. You've got, you know, pretty strict tree rules. Um, if you're coming over from the UKC, um, stuff their rules are i'd say comparable okay uh, to what to what nsd has uh as far as um you know how far a dog can get off the tree um search area uh you know everything's pretty good i'd say as far yeah. as ukc's rules and um, and the nsd has footage rules and most casts will have a measuring tape so yep it yep, don't it, it's not buddy over here that's measuring your dog with short steps and when they're measuring their dog they're taking giant steps oh yeah they're gonna pull that tape out even even your buddy's gonna pull yeah. that tape out <laughs> it's a tape you know it yeah, ain't a buddy measure. deal it's as it's, it's the reason i like it it's about as fair as you can get black and white rules yep so all right well let's talk about juice how did you get juice so i i bred juice i i owned uh, her her dad is Gator, okay, and I and I owned her mother at the time, Nanny, and uh, I ended up selling Nanny to Tim Willis, and I ended up getting her back. And my friend Kevin owns her now. Nice. Um, so I, she was born, and uh, I told Willow Crumpton I got a puppy, looks just like Gator, <laughs> and so he wanted her, and so uh, Willard came and got her. And that litter was born just a few days before my son. My son came early, and so that litter is kind of special to me. Yeah. Uh, just because of that. Well. And uh, so he got juice, and he had her till she was uh, maybe five, six months old, I guess. And I had gone down to Louisiana for a squirrel hunt, and I stopped. I was over there at Willard's, and he cut her loose, and I got to see her. And, so if, if, when you want to get rid of her, you let me know. Yeah. And uh, so he ended up letting me get her. And uh, I had just started my business and had a newborn son. And I had a lot of stuff going on. And uh, I ended up, you know, she was tree um, some. And I said, well, I, I need to put her in somebody's hands that's going to hunt her and food with her. And so I let a boy have her. And he got her fired up on squirrels. And then not long after that, that's when Cindy got killed. Yeah. And so I had to have something, you know, and, and so I, I bought her back from that guy. And we hunted her hard all that season. My my buddy Kevin had a sister uh, of Juices that uh, made a real nice pleasure dog. And uh, we hunted them hard until about uh, December, January. And I said, well, we need to start walk hunting these dogs. And I cut her <laughs> loose, and, and she looked at me like I was an idiot, you know. And Go get in the truck. And, 
<laughs> then she she might trot off, you know, because all I'd been doing with her is road hunting. Yeah. Uh, I said, "What well, dog on it?" And uh, I took her down uh, to a. We had a hunt down in South Georgia, and I was going to put Ellie in the hunt, and ended up going pleasure hunting with my friend in South Georgia named Lucky Beasley, and uh, oh, juice got me mad down there. We cut her loose and. She'd either want to go 800 yards or hang around me, yeah. you know, and I got a little irritated at her. And uh, I said, man, I don't know about this dog. <laughs> <laughs> that tells you what I, that tells you what I know about how to judge a dog. Right. Yeah. And uh, so anyways, uh, Jamie Anderson started hitting me up about buying her. And uh, when I was road hunting, I said, man, this dog is she's just as good or better than her mama at this age. And, uh, nanny was a super nice dog when she was a young dog. Uh, and she was super nice. Even now she had some stuff happen to her that kind of set her back. But, yeah. uh, you know, I thought man, she's going to be better than her mama. And I told Jamie that. And, uh, so he said, well, you need to sell me that dog. And I said, ah, I don't know, man. Anyways, I, him hauled around, I, I priced her to him. And, uh, yep. And so I got back and he said, well, let me think about it, you know, and got back home with her and we went and cut her loose with Ellie and, uh, it was bad, bad weather. Winds blowing real bad, the ice freezing cold. And, uh, she traded the lonely squirrel and it, she winded it, you yeah. know, Ellie went right by it. And, uh, Ellie's not a, a winding type dog. And yeah. I saw, I saw juice do that. And I looked up and but my binoculars and the squirrel looked like it was asleep. Like it just been sitting there asleep. And wow. that's the, that's the only one we got. And, uh, we did it one more time and, uh, she kind of went tit for tat with Ellie. I think Ellie beat her by a squirrel. I said, Oh man, I said, I've done price this dog. <laughs> and if it had been anybody other than Jamie, I would have backed out. Yeah. Uh, and I ended up selling her to him and, uh, he was fired up. He was going to the hunts and, uh, I knew he would get her a lot more exposure than I would at that time. I wasn't going to many hunts Yeah. at that time. I kind of got burned out a little bit, but, uh, and he put her in a hunt in Georgia. I think he drew out with the uh, wild thing and some other dog. And she was the first dog that got hooked. And those guys were kind of impressed with her. She didn't win the cast, but, uh, she was just a year old, uh, dog Dang. at the time. And then he took her to the, um, NSD junior world and got second um adam o'donnell's dog i believe it was ben got yep. first juice got second and china girl got third Ooh, and a lot of tough. people were very impressed with that little feist dog you know that was winding squirrels yeah so that's kind of how she splashed onto the scene and uh jamie he hunted her in some hunts the, the following year and uh he contacted me. He was having some stuff going on, different job, um, promotions and stuff like that. He wasn't going to have the time to hunt her and he was going to go a different direction as well. He was going to go to the bigger dogs. And, uh, so he said, do you want her back? And I said, yeah, I do. You know? And so <laughs> I bought her, I bought her. And then I believe maybe I took her to hunt Eric Feimsters. And then the next hunt I believe was, uh, the Feist junior world and she won it well wow. and then in this past season she won the um, nsd feist world hunt and the nkc 
buys World Hunt. So I guess she's got a junior and then two opens, correct? Do World what Hunt. now? So she has a junior World Hunt and two two open World Hunts. Well, they're not. I wouldn't say open. They're, they're feist World Hunts. Well, let me, okay. Uh, let me rephrase that. If yeah. it's a feist, it's not classified by age. Yeah, yeah. It was just yeah, a senior just dog a, hunt. Yeah, all feist dogs could compete in it. Yes. That's that's impressive. Now. So she's a three-time, I guess, world champion. I, uh, I will say this because I got chastised a little bit about it. It is called the Junior World Hunt now. It was the Junior Showcase. Uh, but everybody I've ever known has called it the Junior World Hunt. Uh, okay. Well, what's the difference so, in the Showcase and the world? Because I'm not, I'm not familiar. I'm not trying to, to throw shade. I, I don't know. They just That's the name that they, they just, had? That's the name that they had. Uh, okay. But, uh, so let's say technically – two two world titles okay so <laughs> we have two world titles and a, a junior showcase title there you go okay and then she has a reserve uh open uh showcase title okay nice and well she and she come in reserve at the nsd too correct well that's that's what i mean okay. the, the nsd that's still people call that the junior world but it's a junior showcase as well oh i'm with you man i don't i don't know why we come up with all these different names i'm sure somebody's gonna tell me but anyways y'all can shoot me a message if you feel like you need to tell me the difference in the showcase in the world but (laughs) uh either way that's that's pretty awesome in my book that's that's tough to beat so yeah she's she's been a dog where that i've had that it just seems like um when it's needed at the last second i can't a lot of casts just at the last second she seems to pull a squirrel out of rear end somehow now let me ask Uh, this does she hunt different when there's other dogs out there and she does she she, is she a competitive dog yeah she's competitive Uh, but she hunts now she hunts jamie uh got her competition ready I, that's what I'd I'd say. What Jamie did, he he put a lot of time and work into her getting ready for a competition hunt, firing off the lead stuff like that, um, and that's the stuff that I noticed that she started to do when I hunted her with Ellie. Is it like a competitive nature came out in her? Yeah. Uh, and but Jamie really did a lot of fine tuning with her. Uh, he deserved a lot of credit for that. Um, and I've just kind of unhooked her and called her tree that's about all i've done with her i guess other than hunting the crap out of her when she was young (laughs) i got you now other than the nsd feist division are you gonna hunt nsd open this year yeah we're gonna we plan on it um cliff robinson has a a division here in alabama Uh um juice actually won the alabama state hunt this past season the open state hunt and her mama finished second Okay. Now, uh, how far is that for you? The drive? Yes, sir. Uh, it's depending on how fast I go. Well, I, okay. <laughs> a, kind of a, kind of a funny story about the state hunt is, uh, me and Kevin got up and, uh, I'm out there putting juice in my dog box and I get a message on my phone. He said, Hey man, the, uh, the hunt starts at six, not at seven. And I said, what? <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, so I was not even going to go. I, got at the end of the driveway and said man there ain't no way i can make it and i started to go put her back and i said now nah, i'm gonna see if i can get there yeah and uh let's just say 
I got there really quick. Okay. And about, about at the last second, and then she ended up winning the hunt. If you drive at a normal speed, I guess, how far are you away from Clifton? Maybe an hour and 20 minutes, oh, something you ain't like bad. that. Are you east of him or south of him? Uh, let's see, he's more over closer to Tuscaloosa, so I'm I'm more west of him, I'd say. Oh, well, you closer to me then. I mean, I'm sorry. Yeah, east. I'm more east. Oh, he's okay. he's closer to you. Yeah, I got you. All right. Well, so you're going to hunt Clifton's division hunts. Are you going to hunt, I think you'd made mention, you're going to hunt some USDC hunts? Yep. So we, I have a dog named Diamond that I bought from uh, Joey Poston. Okay. And uh, she's a, a, her mama was a champ bred dog. And um, I drew out with um, Richie Bean at the world hunt back in december and uh i it's one of the only times i've ever tried to buy a dog from somebody when i've been on a cast yeah when that when that cast was over i asked him would would you sell that dog and he said well it's not mine it's it's joey's i said would joey sell that dog and uh he said no you're not really interested in selling it right now and um i kind of ended up getting her and uh she's a very impressive uh squirrel dog uh, she's a get gone no matter what time of the day and she's going to get treed somewhere. Uh, and I've got her entered in the, uh, JPH hunt. Nice. Uh, for February. Now, are you going to hunt her in some of these division hunts or are you going to focus on juice or what's your plan? Yep, there? So, so I'm going to handle juice and then Kevin's going to handle diamond. Uh, we're kind of retiring Ellie and nanny, uh, and if, if we need them, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll enter them. Uh, but, Yo. um, those are the two dogs we're going to try to campaign this year, the juice and diamond. I got you. Now, I guess our, I'm unfamiliar with the NSD feist, I guess, since it's, uh, this is a new division, how many hunts are you, are y'all going to host a hunt? Not in Alabama. We've got kind of, we were going to try to, but it, you know, we, uh, I think you probably heard on the podcast with uh, Jimmy how we've got a little kind of screwy game laws down here. Yes, sir. And uh, it's kind of a gamble if you are going to come to one from out of state unless you buy a license. Yeah. And so we decided, you know, since this is going to be a points race type hunt, we don't need to try to uh, exclude anybody or make it where somebody doesn't want to come. Yeah. So we're not going to have a, a feist hunt here as far as the uh, feist majors that count towards the uh, nsd feist dog series uh, dog of the year uh, so but we we're we can have a a feist hunt here which we're going to try to end up doing that uh, but it just won't count towards the the points race okay what, what's going to be your closest nsd feist hunt you're going to be able to get to our closest one is going to be probably about three hours uh ken nisley's going to have one in Lawrenceburg, and then uh, about the same to the one that uh, Justin's going to hunt or going to host in uh, Montrose. Oh, okay. Yeah. I didn't know Justin was hosting a feist hunt. He is. He's He hosted one last year uh, down in the Delta, and this year he's going to try to hold it in uh, Montrose. And uh, they've had a lot of squirrel hunts there. Yes, sir. It's a, it's a great place. It's well... Chris says that there ain't many squirrels over there. I've treated a few in there. I, I like it. It's a big place that has plenty of places to cut loose at. 
Now there's there's several places in there that eat up with them. Yeah. Uh, that's where uh, I went on a cast with Bobby Clark, and he got a good dose of what uh, <laughs> champ fights were all about at the <laughs> NKC State Hunt one year. Wow, that's cool. That's cool. It's it's a it's a good place. Any of y'all guys in the, I guess in the Alabama or Mississippi area, that Montrose would be a good hunt to go check out, and Mister Nisley's hunt also. Yep, those will be too close to to us, and then uh, there's several more that we're going to be having over uh, the course of this season, and then the new season will start. Uh, well, it'll be December thirtieth yep. over at Tracy Rash's place. That's awesome. That's uh, I like that. I like the NSD, and I think it's an awesome step that y'all are moving forward towards. Uh, yeah, we're so we're going to have you know the major hunts. They will be uh, hunts held on a Saturday, but we're also going to have nine dog shootouts on the Fridays before those hunts, and those are already, I believe, we're supposed to have maybe six or seven of those. I think it's six. Three of them are already full, and then the other three they're probably not going to last long what's the buy-ins for them shootouts uh hundred dollar shootout and that pays pretty good for first what's what's first on a hundred dollar nine five five hundred dollars i think well uh you know that's not really what i'm interested in is not the money but it's just another chance for hunters to come you know and you're guaranteed you're gonna have nine dogs there uh so they'll hunt that day and then they'll hunt the next day as, as well as, you know, other people that aren't interested in, you know, in those shootout hunts. Uh, but it's, it's more chances to, you know, uh, get involved to, uh, you know, champion your dog out, get a win, uh, get a night. Some people may never go to a hunt and those two hunts come to their area and they boom, boom, they might win both of them. Well, and, that, and it also helps the hunt directors have at least an idea that some dogs, or people's going to show up. Yeah, exactly. You know, at least nine people's probably going to stay for Saturday. Yep. So, exactly. Yeah. Uh, Mr. Andy, what else, what's else we got on the docket? You got anything you want to talk about competition wise, juice wise? You finna have a uh, litter of puppies or what? No, I don't plan. I, I probably will <laughs> breed her and diamond, uh, this coming spring. Um, we've, we've been talking back and forth and, we've kind of decided, yeah, it's time for us to probably start breeding some of these dogs and getting them yep. in the hands of some, some good hunters. And, uh, I think I've got Ellie's litter into some good hands. Uh, or at least I hope so. Yep. I trust these guys there. I'd rather, I've gotten to the point now where I'd rather give a puppy away to somebody I know will hunt it and sell it for a thousand dollars. You know, somebody I, that I know it won't. After getting into, I guess the, the, the competition side and the podcast side, that kind of seems to be the no-brainer, in my opinion. I mean, the amount of money that, the little amount of money that you're going to make selling it to somebody that's not going to hunt them is yeah. not really helping you. Yep. So, sounds like you got a plan. Yeah, and you know, I want to know what is getting produced. And then, just like these, the champ dogs, in my opinion, have kind of been held in uh, tight hands and the good dogs have been bred to the good dogs and so forth. And that's why I think, you know, they've been a successful line, line of dogs is because of that. Yeah. They've, they've been kind of bred tight, tight and right. Now you said Ellie was your favorite dog that you've ever had. Mm-hmm. What, what, what dog that you hadn't known? What's your favorite dog you've ever seen go? 
that I have not owned? Yes, sir. Oh, man. <laughs> Let's see. Well, I'm putting you on the spot right now. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, how could I not say uh, diesel? I mean, that's uh, as far as a feist dog. I mean, he's, yeah. he's won, won about everything. And the, the I got to see him uh, win the world hunt two years ago. And it was horrible conditions, um, but he just went and did what he had to do. Uh, and I've drawn him one other time. I've seen him twice in horrible conditions, and he did what it took to win. Uh, he won the world hunt, and I drew him at uh, the Georgia Major back when we were in NKC, when the NFBA was uh, before it was absorbed by the uh, NSD. And it was a monsoon. I mean, it was pouring pouring rain and it was just pitiful conditions and uh and he just did what he had to do and he wins yeah uh he's well, uh prob he set the standard for a what a feist dog needs to be doing you know it's just he had an incredible run last several years yeah he he was definitely a a groundbreaker or, or whatever you want to call it he kind of yeah. opened a lot of people's eyes to to the feist dogs it definitely did i think he's he's got two reserve world championships two world championships um four dog of the year awards you know several state uh, awards he's just you know been had a phenomenal uh run and it probably won't ever be topped by another feist dog yeah. uh, it might but it's gonna take a good run <laughs> yeah it'll be tough i mean it, it, with the competition just getting stiffer and stiffer i exactly. mean it's because people are breeding better and better dogs. That's just all there is to it. People's kind of figuring out the more it's being done, a better way to do it. So, yep. And you've got you've got several lines of dogs that you know you're going to have some top dogs out of each line, no matter what line of dogs it is. But you've got you know uh, James Byram and Dexter. Um, I've got to hunt with several really really nice uh, dogs off of Dexter. Mike Perry's Deuce, um, Heath Denny's uh, Tiger Lily, uh, Pig, Jammer. Um, those are just, you know, really nice squirrel dogs yeah. uh, that, that they're producing. For sure. For sure. Well, I mean, if the big names, they're, they're big names for a reason. If they was throwing out mutts, then nobody would know them. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. So. Yeah. I'd ask you what, if you're getting hunting one of these champ fights, what dog would you hunt? But you already said you'd be hunting some sort of tree and cur. So I guess yeah, I can't and, ask that question. And and that's mainly because of, you know, um, I've just seen a lot of times if game's not moving, yeah. a lot of times feist dogs don't, don't get treed and they don't, they don't hunt hard or they won't hunt at all. And the tree and curs, when I've hunted with them, you know, mountain curs and stuff, they, they tend to go. Yeah, uh, you know, I've got to see, I've got to watch Maddie Ice. You know, that's just, you know, that's like some people consider her the greatest of all time. And yeah, uh, so you know, I've I've been kind of spoiled the dogs I've gotten to hunt with and see. Well, it sounds like you measuring stick at the beginning spoiled you. It did, and it's, <laughs> I mean, it's just no matter it what good dog you see, it's still going to just keep spoiling you. Oh, for sure. And and when you keep raising the bar, it makes it harder and harder to find the next one. It does. So, well, Mr. Andy, if you ain't got nothing else, you let me ask this question. The floor is yours. 
before okay. we get off here, do you have anything you want to talk about? Uh, we've been talking for a good little while. <laughs> okay. Ah. I, I might better get home before my wife's getting me like <laughs> Well, I'm sorry. I didn't know I had you out. I... No. Well, well, see, I live out in the boonies, so I had to come where I have some phone no. service. Well, I'm and, sorry. Uh, I, I, I no, appreciate I, you doing this. I already, already, I forewarned her. I said, I'm, I've got to talk on the phone, so well, you're going to have to see me home late. I, I, I appreciate you coming on here, Mr. Andy, and I hope to get on the phone with some of these winners and we'll be covering the bigger feist hunts also, or if you win the JPI, we'll get you on here and we'll talk about the hunt. So, Oh, that might be a stretch there. <laughs> well, I mean, you never know. It'd be, it would be very nice. Let me uh, tell you this. You got a better chance of winning than I do because I'm not entered. <laughs> so well, that's right. You can't win if you're not there. You can't so win if you don't heard. play. So that's right. But I hope to get you on here, and you know, if you win the the Feist World or Dog of the Year or whatever, we're gonna get you on here, and we're gonna we're gonna keep covering it and try to promote the dog hunting, and that's all dog hunting, whether it's a Feist, a Cur, a Walker, a, a Beagle. We we trying to make it better. Yep, y'all doing a good job. It's uh. It's an awesome podcast. Uh, I like it a lot. I think there's a lot of other people that are enjoying it. Well, we appreciate it. And it, and it takes people like yourself to, I mean, me and Chris could get on the phone and talk to each other, but nobody wants to hear that. They want to hear y'all. So thank you for coming on and spending the time with us. And I'm going to cut us out of here. All right. Thank you for having me on. Yes, appreciate sir. it. Thank you. Bye. Yes, sir. Bye. That's the end of Mr. Andy's conversation. I hope y'all enjoyed it as much as I did. I really appreciate him coming on because without him and these other guys and the future ones that come on, obviously you'll just sit here and listen to me and Chris, and that would probably would not be very entertaining to mo for most of y'all anyways. So thank him. We appreciate y'all growing our podcast, man. It's I feel like it's a community as a whole podcast. I'm just on here recording it so that everybody can get their word out. We really appreciate it. We're hoping to see some of y'all at some of these hunts coming up we're finna start hitting them up they'll start in september so y'all go check them out y'all new guys go to one of these hunts check them out see what you think these veteran guys man they're real good they'll help you so go check them out keep spreading the word share the podcast tell your buddies let's just keep growing this thing man we, we really appreciate y'all y'all have a good one and thank you for listening and as always Enjoy the great outdoors.